I was driving up. I had to get a picture in my car. That's why mm. I'm running late. I think we're not that late. We're more or less around the time you said we're going We're mostly on time, but I had to get petrol. Yeah. And as I was filling up my car, I was like, how weird that in a million years, mm-hmm, like a yeah. million, maybe a billion, I don't know. I, mean, I, can't, I don't know when the dinosaurs <laughs> lived. But how weird is it that in a million years- Is it like 65 million years million ago? million years. 65 million years ago. Um, Unless, you know, the, the whole earth- Or 2000. Yeah. Or, how, yeah. <laughs> how weird is it that in, One BC. in 65 million years, somebody will be using my liquid bones mm. to fill up a machine that mm. will make my liquid bone juice explode a bit and make that machine go? I never want you to say the sentence liquid bone juice to me <laughs> ever again. And li- <laughs> you know, remember I used to make those really inappropriate jokes? I like to fill ladies with liquid bone juice. <laughs> <laughs> It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. So won't you lend an ear? Hello and welcome to the Meandering Movie Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for another uh, semi-weekly, semi-monthly episode. How do you make Um, make so many sex jokes? It's not no. The word semi. You just have a dirty mind. Um, no one, no one else listening to this is like, haha, semi boners. You could have just said, no one else is listening to this, and just stopped. Just stopped. Um, Where's my pen going? <laughs> welcome, welcome back to whenever this is getting released. Uh, we think we, we're at the moment we're sticking to our monthly schedule. Yeah, so far, the, well, we're only in the second month of the year. Well, we've got two episodes, and we, but we haven't released that second one yet. It's coming. This is it. Or the other one might be it. The other one Who will knows? come. Out. No one's. This is. Pointless. This is crazy. Because you may want to just start us again. This is crazy because you don't know when this is releasing. Well, neither do we. Uh, I am. No, I'm not starting again. We're in now. Okay. I. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> for, to anyone listening trying to figure that shit. We just waffled about. I am your host, Gary Goveland, and I'm joined today, as always. I am the nightmares, at the end of your bed, who tickle your little toes when you're trying to sleep. Gavin Stewart. <laughs> How weird is it that across the world, that we sixty-five all... million years from now, your bone juice is <laughs> just fucking that one still just in my head? How weird is it that everyone across the world, we all agree that inside the inside the blanket is safe, and outside the blanket, the monsters? It, it, yeah, it's that thing where if you've got the door closed and you're under your blanket, safe, safe as houses, nothing can get you. But also, what I find weird about this whole thing, the rule is that above the neck is safe. doesn't matter. Above the neck can be out of the blanket. Everything else has to be under the blanket. But not because we're a movie podcast, but it's also because movies have maybe um, made people feel that. Because when you watch movies as a kid and you see like Poltergeist stuff and you're like under the covers or whatever. No, Poltergeist did it because people go under the covers when they're scared. But but what came first, chicken or the egg? You know, what came first under the, under the the covers or the movies? To put this one to rest, Outside of the blanket situation, the egg came first. Anyone listening that wants to have a debate about this, I'll tell you right now, the egg came first. Next time anyone says, what came first, chicken or the egg? Tell them the fucking egg. You're you're telling me what you think the chicken just popped into existence. Obviously not. An egg was laid, little mutant lizard egg, and that little mutant lizard had wings all over it and was a step closer to a chicken. Then that little mutant lizard laid an egg, and inside that egg was a little bit closer to a chicken again. So obviously the egg comes first. Obviously. 
But here's the bigger question. When M. Night Shyamalan started making movies, <laughs> compared to the M. Night Shyamalan that makes movies now, is this a Paul McCartney situation where original M. Night Shyamalan died and they replaced him with a like a off-brand clone and that's why his movies are so much worse than when he first started making movies. Yeah, this week we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gav's, Gav's determined to get us on track and I'm determined to keep us We've off. talked about... People won't hear a lot of it, but we've talked about so many things that aren't the topic of this podcast and it's, a lot of it's going to be cut. <laughs> Scooby boobs. <laughs> Scooby boobs. <laughs> Uh, this week we are talking about M. Night Shyamalan. We're actually going into uh, one of our patented deep dives. We're going to yeah. be talking about the majority of his movies because uh, currently out in the cinema, I think you can still catch it. Again, going, hearkening back to the first sentence, depending when this releases. <laughs> Knock at the Cabin is out in the cinema. I've seen it. Gav, you I have it? seen it. You've seen it. Both seen it. Uh, no audio boy this week, unfortunately. He's a uh, grown up. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk. So... Are we going to start at the beginning and move on, or are we going to start at the end and jump back? I mean, what I think... A, what crazy twist are we going to add to this episode? <laughs> We're going to talk about Scooby Boobs. <laughs> what set this topic off? I feel like this will be the one week we're going to get a tweet because someone will be like, you haven't, you said Scooby Boobs a bunch at the beginning, <laughs> didn't mention it all episode, and I have to know, I have to know what a Scooby Boob is. It's like in our, the episode we released that last month, we're like, we'll talk about Morbius, and I never talked about Morbius. <laughs> I promise you by the end of this episode we'll have talked about Morbius. We, but first time night Shyamalan. But we will not talk about Scooby Boobs. <laughs> we'll never talk about Scooby yeah. Boobs. What do you do? Start at the beginning or well, start at the beginning? I mean, yeah, for me, this came from we both saw Knock at the Cabin. We've seen quite a few M. Night Shyamalan movies. I've, I've seen, from looking at the list and doing my research, I think I've seen most of them bar one. Everything past the sixth sense. Yes. I'd say. There's a couple yes. before it. There's two movies before it that I don't really, I don't, no one, who cares? What like, was the names of them? Great question. <laughs> Fantastic question you've asked me there, Gary. Don't have the... I have so much information and so many notes in front of me. I don't have that information. Yeah, you keep going on your diatribe and Yeah, I'll, I'll go uh... on my diatribe. Because, yeah, I had this idea. So I decided... Um, the turnaround for us coming up with this idea to then record this idea, I had to do a lot of homework in a short amount of time. So in the past two to three days, I've watched six <coughs> of his movies. So many. And let me tell you... That's not a fun experience by the end. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it was. It was fun in some ways, but watching so many of his movies back to back with nothing else in between, you learn a lot about him as a filmmaker. You learn a lot about what other filmmakers are doing that, mm. that's good. And you also see just how bad he got. But then he maybe got good again, or and maybe it's all good, or maybe none of it's good. M. Night Shyamalan wrote the screenplay for Stuart Little. I, what? <laughs> yeah. uh, I he, spent so much time on his IMDb recently and somehow I didn't know that. And then he's, she's all that is coming up, but I can't figure out why M. Night Shyamalan's attached to that one. Also, his daughter is now directing. She has a film coming out later this year, I think, or the beginning of next year. So the two films before were um, Praying with Anger and Wide Awake. One of them's about like a, an Indian immigrant coming to America, which I think is loosely based upon his um, younger life when, right. before he came to America. The other one, I don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, it's Sixth Sense, which obviously put him on the map. and everyone, On the radar! And everyone started saying, he's the next Steven Spielberg. Mm. And now, having gone back and watched 
so yeah, I watched The Sixth Sense, then Signs, then The Village, then The Last Airbender, then The Happening, and then Old. Because those were the ones either I needed to refresh on or I'd never seen. And you've seen Knock of the Cabin recently. And I saw Knock of the Cabin in the cinemas, uh, and then everything else I've seen throughout time. Because, um, uh, well, Split and Glass, Glass came out fairly recently. Yeah, and I think we spoke about them like on... 20... The I'm sure we talked about them on an episode. I think we have an I episode. I think we talked about Glass on an episode. Talked about Glass, yeah. But Split was like before our time, maybe? Maybe. And but then there's... What's the other one? There's another one in there somewhere. We've got Split, Glass, um, and he did Old, and then he did Knock the Cabin. you got The Visit before that. After Earth. Got After Last Earth. Airbender. Devil, kind of. The thing that, when I looked on his IMDb, is the boy has consistently put out movies since... 1999, with only like two to three years within each movie. So he's consistently worked for the last two decades. And that's respectable. More or less uninterrupted minus, I think the largest gap was between Split and Glass. And that's probably because he had to try and get James McAvoy, uh, Bruce Willis, and Samuel Jackson. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's almost he's almost put out a film every year, every, every two years yeah. since 1999. Yeah. And then it was a three-year gap. From split to but I class. guess if you're writing, producing, and directing your own stuff, and you have your own production company, and you have the backing of Kathleen Kennedy, who's like the big exec Disney and Star yeah. Wars now, it's probably easy. You go nuts. But at the same time, should he have been allowed to do this <laughs> so consistently and output these movies? Okay, let's start with Knock at the Cabin then, because that's his most recent, and that'll that'll anyone that's watching films now will maybe have seen it. Yes, um, I liked it. We both liked it, but having now watched so many of his films and now thinking about Knock at the Cabin more, I think I like it less, but that might just be because of how hurt I am <laughs> by this experience of watching so much of his filmography. But Knock at the Cabin's fine? Knock at the Cabin's good. I liked it a lot. I went to see Knock of the Cabin. I knew it was Shyamalan, but I had very low hopes with it. Um, Which I think everyone does when it comes to It's kind of the way, right? So yeah, low hopes. Personally, I think the first two acts of uh, Knock of the Cabin are phenomenally good. For anyone that hasn't seen it, very quick, uh, and I'll try and be spoiler-free here, and I think keep Knock of the Cabin spoiler-free. Everything past that, you're... Everything else that isn't Knock of the Cabin, I mean, you can... Come on, guys. Open it's been, season. It's been long enough. Yeah, so Knock of the Cabin is about um, a, f- a home invasion of uh, two of, of a gay couple and their adopted daughter. Mm. Um, the invaders tell them they have to make a choice, and if they don't, the end of the world is going to happen. Um, the whole... The first two acts are, I thought, completely, like, edge of your seat, tense as fuck. I loved it. I, I, was, I was genuinely watching it and thinking holy shit like my heart's going i think the way it's filmed i think he, he he's decided to do something different which i really liked true um, it's very different for him what he's doing yeah and it's you know and it's because he's been tra- he's trying to ramp up that tension so every shot for the first two acts i think and mostly actually throughout the whole film is always a disconcerting shot so the characters are not lined up properly they're not in the rule of thirds they're off to the very left of the screen or they're at the very right of the screen looking left off screen or the camera's at a Dutch angle or like... And there's a lot of claustrophobic framing yeah, yeah, of yeah. The all the characters. Fucked, like it's, and it's great. I think it's really good. I think it wraps up that, that energy and you're kind of left there feeling horrible <laughs> watching it. Um, and then the third act happens and that's where for me it stumbled a bit. 
Um, not that I didn't enjoy it. I walked out kind of thinking that was still it was fine. Still enjoyed the entire the entire film as a premise, but yeah, the end kind of bugged me a little bit. And it's I don't know. I think it just. I said this to you afterwards. I wish they left it grayer. More I think if they left it grayer, it would have created a more interesting story. But what we got was this kind of like nice ribbon. There you go. There's the well, whole story yeah. wrapped up. And I kind of went, ah, but it just, it just kind of ruins. Now having watched, now having such a unfortunately detailed knowledge of <laughs> M Night Shyamalan as a filmmaker. When before I saw Knock at the Cabin and that ending, I was like, oh, this is... I, I too was annoyed that it was fairly wrapped up. There yeah. wasn't any ambiguity. It's a fairly um, happy-ish ending, despite some of the other things, but it's, it's still it's, quite... It's definitely, given, it's definitely given to you on a platter as a happy ending. And it's, it's fairly it's, positive. Yeah. it's even And even though it's like one of the characters absolutely shouldn't... Like... The the your, your protagonist changes kind of halfway through, and mm. you become that you, you start following a different character, and he's the uh, he's the one that it, that kind of ends on. And if I, I personally kind of felt like that, that's not a happy ending. <laughs> like, it like it's not a happy. It ending. didn't feel earned, but it's presented yeah, like, but it's presented ah, like everything's go. happy now. Now knowing what I know, that's all of his movies, regardless mm. of what's happened. He will find a way to wrap it up in a way that semi positive and good kind of Spielbergian in a way yeah. of just like nice little bow of everything's okay here's all the answers don't worry about anything don't think about anything because I, cause I, I felt like that in the village we'll get to this later on but like I've rewatching the village recently and I was kind of like the ending to the village which still just pisses me off so much like the, the you know the, the Shyamalan twist happens you're kind of like whoa and then it just yeah, doesn't it just care kind of, yeah it's just done and, you're, and it just ends there and you're left like huh it's, it's, it, it's the same with like old as well which I does the most recent one that I just seen when it comes to this watch along slog that I put myself through, where it's like you you're old wondering is bad shit. Old is not so, so old bad. is crazy. So, old is an assault of the senses. <laughs> it's like fucking slow down and shut up. That's what I kept saying during that film. But it's like it gets to the end again. We're going to dispose for everything except knock at the cabin. It gets to the end. You're like so. How, why are they doing this and how is it going to wrap up? Yeah. She's like, oh, they're doing it to um, further uh, medicine. We've got a bunch of medicines, but we don't like them because our characters uh, on the beach had a, a rough time. So we're going to get the nasty medicine making people and they're all going to get found out. And ah, the happy ending happens. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. left me like... The villains have found out. But are they villains? Yeah. It's kind of like, it's... I mean, they are villains. I that's know. great. Like, but that's also, crazy. But also Why like, are they doing it in secret? But that was the, the thing that was fucking me the most was like, right, uh, me and you go on holiday. We go to a resort and I have a calcium deficiency and apparently that makes my bones turn into... <laughs> you turn into the girl from <laughs> the remake of uh, Suspiria. Just oh, like the, Yeah, crazy. So we go and I've got that, right? So let's say we go, I've got a calcium deficiency, you're... Fucking dementia. I've got, you've dementia. got dementia. You're, yeah. You've got the dementia guy, and we have a child. And we get to the hotel, and the hotel owner, who's in charge of the medical company, is like, "Ah, oh, these guys would be really good test subjects." And also, they have a kid. Now, my options would be to send just the parents, and maybe then the kid would be in the resort. And that's not good. Maybe I'll make my resort adults only. No, that's also stupid. Here's the plan: I'll send everyone down there. Whatever. Don't give fuck a fuck. Em. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Everyone go to the beach. Everyone can get old as fuck. Time goes fast for everyone. Don't care. I'm like, just make it an adults only resort. The, yeah, the, yeah. Insane. The th 
Uh, we've, we've, also got, we've also already fucked. We've completely fucked what we said we were going to do. Knock at the cabin. <laughs> Let's just wrap up. I'll, knock yeah, I'll the wrap cabin. up. Yeah, we'll knock at the cabin. And we'll head all the way to the sixth sense and then we'll work our way up. <laughs> it's so difficult though because all of these films are just like, ah, this is going to be a long, it's gonna gonna be a longish be, episode. This we is- are going to have to be strict. Knock at the cabin. I liked it. I wish I had out more ambiguity at the end. I like the way it was filmed. I like the way it was shot. I like the story. This is a minor spoiler. So if you do want to, if you do want to, um, skip this fair enough but only like a very minor spoiler i like the fact it didn't have a twist uh, and that's because everything up you know what i mean like everything for Shyamalan, mm. he's the oh and it was a it was a meme it was a meme in like the 2000s right yeah. like oh what's, what's the new film from Shyamalan? what's the twist wait be? for the twist and i was constantly kind of and it's it's a you know it's good because i was constantly sitting through knock at the cabin like oh what's it what is the twist gonna be and then it kind of just isn't one it's just i would also old's also kind of the same where it, Old doesn't have a twist. It's just kind of like, oh, this is just what's happening. Yeah. There's no yeah, yeah, twist yeah. to it. Uh, for me, yeah, Knock at the Cabin, I liked it. Um, for me, it wasn't as tense because it, I felt the tension was kind of robbed from the film because it lays all of the rules out straight away. And it's yeah. just like, hey, here's what is happening. So don't worry about anyone. Yeah. So there's no real tension anymore. And I was like, all right, okay. So it was then kind of, you're just working off characters at that point. And I would say character-wise, it's pretty decent. Again, it does that whole Shyamalan thing of just Rupert like- Rupert Grin and Batista. For me, this is Dave Batista's, some of his <coughs> best work. And the thing I, I love about this film is Shyamalan cast him in a role that's not what you expect to see him in, which is Dave Batista is a six foot three fridge of a man, <laughs> but he cast him as- I'm just like a high school, a primary like school, a primary school, primary school teacher. Uh, teacher, and I'm a very soft-spoken, very polite, not an angry, not a violent person. I loved that. I love, and I thought I was great. I love that the whole beginning of that as well. The whole again, first two acts of the movie, he's kind of just like, we are so sorry, and the other characters are all freaking out. Nikki Amuka Bird as well was a fucking stellar yeah. performance. Um, the other girl, all the performances are really good, which is really a nice good. change because you can't say that about all of his films. What's the other? Uh, is it Kristen? What's the other girl? I can't remember. Uh, Abby Quinn is Adrian. She was okay. They're, they're all they're all good. And but yeah, so like, but it's just it's just such like yeah, such a fucking like yeah, stellar performance. Um, Dave Bautista steals the show because he's so off character. Yeah, and I can imagine but he sells the character oh, perfectly so well. Like he's always engaging to watch because yeah. you look at he's, what the he's an opposing force to look at. What the fuck is going on with his scalp? Why is it so wrinkly? He's, he's, I, th- I think he's done a lot of like um, Botox and stuff on his in his head on his face though. So his head's wrinkly, but his face isn't. So it offsets each other. No way. Yeah, he's done a lot of Botox and he's because he's and he's like mid to late fifties now. Is he? Yeah. Holy shit. He's been on the go for a lot. He was in like WWE back in like two thousand one yeah, and shit. Batista. He's been going for a long time. I didn't realize he was that old. But for me, it's like casting wise, he's great. Sort his head out though. Just get the fucking- Put a hat on him. That's what he wears a lot of hats. Just put a hat on him. Yeah, exactly. It looks like he got hair plugs that didn't take. That's what it looks like. It looks like somebody's He probably did at some point and then he just ripped them out. (laughs) And then you're just like, oh, fuck it. That's a mad rage. He's (laughs) he's also an interesting person outside of films because he he doesn't- This is going to sound bad, but he talks too much. Uh And what I mean by that is he keeps- digging himself into holes with things he says. We're yeah. just like, like Drax was great, but I'm f- pretty bored with the character now. Don't care about it. It's like yeah. when it comes to DC, he's just like, I want a proper character. I don't want like a, just another dumb muscle meathead. And I'm like, why are you going after the 
characters and that gave you where that put you where you are, and then also kind of insulting the people who helped get you where you are by like they give you opportunities. Damn, you insult those characters. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm allowed to. It's, <laughs> it's part of it's part of my job and it's part. I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm with him. Like Drax became the fucking idiot. Drax. I know, but Drax. Guardians of Galaxy One. Drax. Dumb. Well, literal, but nuanced and interesting character. Guardians of Galaxy Two. Mentally incapable idiot. That's not a character arc. That's I know. Just dumbing down the character. I'm just saying. I'm though, with Batista. I know, but I'm all, Batista. I'm, I'm just saying. Ring me, man. I'll be your friend. Stop just stop throwing stones at everyone who gives you an opportunity. <laughs> and I think Shyamalan has given him the best opportunity to show what he's now capable of as an actor. And for me, he was the best part of the movie. The worst part of the movie would be any time Shyamalan does anything Shyamalani, and that is the writing, the um, cameos, the weird news footage, the terrible CGI. I was going to ask, is the f- news footage all BBC because we live in the UK and is it changed throughout the world? I was thinking that because it's weird. Like every time they're like, look, we're going to show you this news report. It's like, Hey, it's the BBC. BBC. We're putting on the BBC. Or is it because the BBC is just seen as like a pillar of good reporting? I mean, I don't know if he's got the wherewithal or the patience to spend the time doing that. Yeah, right. That's something. I, I, it it kind of dragged me out. It wasn't most of the film. It didn't bother me, but at the end, when it was the, um, and I suppose it kind of makes more sense. Um, I don't know. At the end, when they go to that hospital in Edinburgh, and it's like yeah. all the wee babies are all actually the, getting better. All the babies are getting better. And now. I was like. What the? Like, yeah, that's where I started to think. Oh, I guess maybe he's like region, yeah, region stuff. locking it or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. But anyway, but look at the here's the problem is, and again, I'm going to keep saying this thing. I've film. watched so much of such a short period of time that when it comes to attention to detail, that's not his strong suit. His strong suit is this is an interesting idea. Yeah. Here's a kind of surface level exploration of it. I'll just batter through it. Yeah. I'll hit you a bunch of information. Most of it won't make sense. A lot of it will be badly written and badly acted. And then I'll just do a wow, a twist, which will make you forget about the bad the stuff rest of I've it. done for the last hour and But that applies more minutes. to the majority of his other movies. Because I don't know. Like, I right, don't so know. Like, e- like, even with- but Knock in the Cabin was good. <sighs> I mean, that, but- like you said, that third act is so third act struggles, but that's deflating. I just think, I just think it's because I think it's just a, a a theological thing for us. I think we, you know, we kind of get given this thing, and it's like, look, and now, now what it is is actually that's what it is, and you're left kind of like, oh god, like, oh, of course it is. I just think, Do you know what I mean? I and just like, think this is, again, spoiler free, sorry, just for you guys. I love you all, <laughs> but I think just who we are as people getting given that as the. The fact, like, that's the explanation makes me go, ugh. Like, it's just an eye-rolly explanation. Yeah. Also, your relationship with the audience is sometimes you fucking hate them, other times you, you love them and want to look yeah, after them. Yeah, it depends. It depends it's, it's, on what- it's, it's, uh, you got to keep them mean and keep them keen, you know? And, like, it, right. Dread to think here, what your marriage is like. Here's the thing. If you're abusive 100% of the time, people will leave you. So you have to give them a little bit of, little bit of carrot. Is that and, why I'm and so alone all the and time? hit them with a stick. Next week, I'll be like, you bunch of dumb fucks. I love how you say next week is if we're going to... Next episode, whatever. I mean, next episode is the one we've already recorded previously. Well, I can't remember if I was nice in that one. You were definitely... um, No, you're a bit bit snippy, you know? Well, they deserved it. Okay. But this week, love you guys. It's all this Shyamalan, you know? Who can we shout out this week? Hey, Stella. (laughs) She'll love that. She's got a weird... She'll get a kick. She's got a, a fetish for suitcases. So the, <laughs> the sixth sense. Wait, uh, you got to drop that, Stella. We're having words, but I'm not going to speak to you about this. Currently, it is the fifteenth, sixteenth of February. I'm going to wait for you to hear this, and then 
you're going to say something to me and then I'm going to speak to you about it. Anyway, Sixth Sense. <laughs> so then I went back and watched, so now I've gone back and watched Sixth Sense. Knock of the Cabin, I would say in terms of his recent filmography, it's definitely better. Yeah. Than, it's better than Old, it's better than Glass, it's better than Split. I agree with that. Uh, it's, but it's not better than The Visit because when we get to The Visit, it's one of the best comedy movies ever made. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sixth Sense, went back and watched it. And it's- Okay, Sixth Sense is an interesting one. Sixth Sense breaks my brain because, and here's why. When I, I hadn't seen it in such a long fucking time. Yeah. And you know the Bruce Willis is a ghost, blah, I'm blah, blah. I'm with you, like, because I, I think you're going to say the same thing I thought when so I watched it recently. I watched The Sixth Sense and I was blown away by how fucking competent it is, how well written it is, how great the acting is, how beautifully it is shot. The camera work in that movie is sublime. I understand why everyone's like, this is an ex Spielberg, because Shyamalan definitely took his camera work, was inspired by Spielberg's camera work. Yeah. The camera work is beautiful. The story is really well set out. It's really well played out. The twist at the end, the way it comes together, is First really time well delivered. Watching The Sixth Sense was mind blowing. That film holds up today, even though it's one of the biggest twists and yeah. the biggest, like, much like Va- even, Vader is Luke's father. Yeah. Even though everyone knows that, that doesn't detract from the viewing experience. Not at all. It actually arguably improves it. Like, I wish I could go back and rewatch it the first time, obviously, because getting shocked by, like, a twist is fun. But watching it the second time, knowing it, and, and watching the scene that always sticks out for me is when Bruce Willis is talking to um, Haley Jolism's mother. And he's like, oh, so, you know, how, like, how is he at home? And she kind of just turns away from him and, like, pulls her jacket around her. And you think she's just being a rude asshole. You're kind of like, well, fucking, I all right. I can't remember what the, I can't remember what the, there's a reason why. And you think she's just being horrible to him. Mm, yeah. And then it happens and you're like, and you watch it again. You're like, oh, fuck, no, she's just cold because he's a ghost. And that, she can't hear him that's because the thing he's not even there. All the stuff where you see Bruce Willis in the same room as someone else that isn't Halo Joel Osmond. And the way he lays it out, you just, it, if you're just watching it for the first time not knowing, you're like, yeah. oh, he's there, but he's, he, they've explained that he was a bad person yeah. because of his job. He pulled away from people like his wife and he was very self-centered and selfish. The movie sets that up and then you just assume that because you've been told that. Yep. And then later on, when it fl- you're just like, of course he's a fucking ghost. And it's, it's so well, it doesn't yeah. ever feel clumsy or schlocky or weird or you know, like, it's also brilliant because he just shows you at the beginning he's like yeah the first scene is well, not, the first sequence is bruce willis getting shot in the stomach yeah and then writhing around in pain and it's like i know you have to leave that in no why not people I'm not need to get that burp people need to hear the burp if you're hearing this conversation sans a burp you know Gav has done you dirty. Um, yeah, it's like the first thing. It's kind of like, it's. I suppose maybe it's just movies or it's because it was the first time it was done, I guess, or because it's Bruce Willis. Like, There's probably a whole host of reasons why you watch it and you just your brain, the first time watching it would have been like, all right, cool. Oh, it, he survived. Cool. Rather than thinking, yeah, exactly. he's dead. And You're not thinking like it. Bruce Willis is going to die in the first couple yeah. of Because oh, the whole brilliant. movie's sold on Bruce Willis. Everything about it, like I, when I finished watching it, I thought that is genuinely a great movie that yep. deserves the kind of cultural recognition that it now continues to get. Agreed. And now we're going to move into the rest, the, the next <laughs> chunk is filmography. Um, We've yeah. got signs after think, that. Let me think, let me think, let me think. If anything else I want to say about The Sixth Sense, I enjoyed it. I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a great film and I, it's, 
it's nice getting to someone it's nice and it's annoying getting someone who hasn't seen it because the twist is already ruined for them now like yeah. it's impossible to find someone who's, that's fresh that to doesn't that film. know it but also if you like you said, if you watch it a second time knowing, knowing everything it's a, such a great second watch movie yeah. Knowing- like, like straight up, if you haven't watched The Sixth Sense in years since you were a kid and you obviously know the twist, we've obviously just spoke about the twist. So spoilers if you hadn't There's heard no it, way someone doesn't there's know no way, I twist. know, right? But if you haven't watched it in a while, go back and watch it because it's a fucking solid, it's a solid watch through for and your fucking time. And, there's, and what's nice about it is there is so much there to show you that he's a ghost. Watching it the second time, knowing yeah. that he's a ghost, the film tells you it time and time and time and time again. It makes it so fucking obvious. And you kind of get through it and you're like, how like how did I not like register that? And again, first it's, time? it's so much of it is the camera work as well. The camera some work genuinely creepy moments as well, right? When he's like, like locked in the um yeah, the room yeah, yeah. with the, the someone who's in a prison of some kind. Some great stuff there. And the other mental thing is if you if you take that concept of Haley Joel Osmond, Haley Joel Osmond is a kid that sees ghosts and he's now his mission is to help these ghosts move on. That's a whole other movie you now have there. Yeah. Think of what you can do with that. And I'm glad he's never done that. But you could just take that idea that is just kind of suggested and make a whole other movie. Everything is executed. I feel like when it comes to The Sixth Sense, Shyamalan probably had that movie in his head for years and years and years. And he knew everything he wanted to do. Mm. And he executed it and he executed it brilliantly. And then the acclaim and success he got from that, he's like, shit, I need to do that again. And he's just never... Been able to do it again. So Signs is next, right? Signs is next. I like Signs. I I'm gonna put it out there. I I'm, like it. We, me and Anna watched it recently. Um, I know I always do my review first. Apologies, Gav, because I know you got things to say, but there's too the, much to say. The way it works. Me and me and Hannah watched it recently because I I was in the mood. I think we were talking about um, bits of films that scared us, mm-hmm. and I said the bit of a movie that scared me the absolute most, more than any other film. And as yeah. a kid, I remember being fucking terrified of it, even though the film itself isn't the scariest. Mm-hmm. Is that scene where the alien runs across the street on the news from the like the Brazilian birthday party? Yeah. And that 30 seconds of cinema stuck with me. It scared the ever-loving shit out of me as a kid. So I was like, we got to put it on because you need to see this. I was like, I don't think the film's actually that scary. And the rest of the film actually isn't that scary. If anything, I'd say the film verges on the edge of like a horror comedy. I would say the only other um, scene in the film that's quite scary still is when he's in the kid's bedroom and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, there's a man outside the window and like the camera pans and you just see the shadow of one of the aliens on top of a thing and you see a quick flash of a shadow and it's just this big thing standing there and like, oh, that's really unsettling and then he runs out into the the cornfield. That stuff is good as well. That's some good like scare stuff. There's some really good moments in it that are scary but it's, but yeah, as a film it's not, it's not given, it's not, it's not a horror per se. No. It's more kind of like a psychological thriller. Yeah, but it's got some good moments but yeah, so we rewatched it and I was, I genuinely man was surprised at how well that film held up. I thought solid performances from Gibson, from Phoenix and the ki- one of them the kids is one a Culkin, the, right? Rory Culkin. Yeah, Rory Culkin. And I don't know about the the daughter. She's famous. She's a she's a she's a, a an actor person. Um, an actor person. But yeah, I I was like, holy shit, this is a Unbreakable was next. We've skipped one already. We've already fucked up. Oh yeah, Unbreakable was next. See, we, this is we this, suck. It's because my head is so messed up. Abigail with- Breslin. Yeah, it's her from a the Yellow Van film. 
Eternal Sunshine oh, of mi- Little Miss no, Spotless little miss sunshine. Mind. Eternal Little Miss Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. That's two movies you've slammed together. The one with the yellow truck. Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, of the Spotless Mind. Or uh, the Lady in the Van, the British film that was really bad. Maybe. It was not that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's her. It's her. Um, but yeah, like it's it's good. It's got some like solidly good gags, some solidly good scares. Harkening back to my comments about Knock of the Cabin, it gets a little bit eye-rolly in certain places. Mm-hmm. The whole stuff with Mel Gibson being a priest that's lost his faith and then... That stuff is so heavy-handed. <laughs> it's so like... Because yeah, my rewatch with Signs... <laughs> The kid has asthma, and then that saves him from the alien poison. See, this, this is the thing attack. about Signs. It's like, I I remember watching Signs when I was young, and I loved it. Yeah. But it's just because I loved sci-fi that wasn't Star Wars. And not that I'm saying I didn't like... I, of course, loved Star Wars when I was a kid, but I liked sci-fi that was different. It wasn't mm-hmm. spaceships shooting each other. It was... Here's some weird alien people. They've just shown up, and they just... We don't know what they want, and we're going to shoot it in a really weird, kind of claustrophobic scary way. But... On this rewatch, it helped me, it helped highlight that M. Night Shyamalan shouldn't write movies. He can't write movies. He doesn't know how human beings talk. And he doesn't know how... And, and that that comment specifically gets more and more obvious the further down this list. Yes. And he doesn't know how children act. Yeah. Because he writes children and he gets them to act like they're just adults because rory culkin and signs might as well be mel gibson's twin brother because there's just like he's just like hey dad what we doing a couple of swells go for the bears what we doing it's me it's your son i'm i'm nine years old but i'm acting like i'm a 28 year old dad well dad i'm doing a shit <laughs> and he's like and like mel gibson's just, for some reason mel gibson's just this kind of like i get why he's quiet and sad because his, his wife is dead Stoic. but he's also Stoic. just kind of like a bit dim and the kid's just kind of like dad you dumb idiot I got the book look the book says the aliens did the thing you're just like why does the book know everything that happens <laughs> to the aliens why does the news know everything the aliens is doing because like, well, it's all because it's God but, it, but it's so annoying because you're right like ah! like I think it holds up. I think it plays it out do, well. It does it's, hold but up. you are right in those, there's these annoying niggles. But then it's all like, it's all it's the way it compounded by genuinely scary moments, like watching the news footage. And it's always these long segments where they're watching the TV for ages. And, and then because they're watching it for ages, you're watching it for ages. And then eventually a bird comes into screen, smashes in something mm. invisible, falls to the ground. And you're just left like, oh, that's horrible. And then they're like- freaking out. Yeah, it's shot in such a way that it feels regular life. It yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. It you feels just like, like you, you that's can imagine. That's actually really, it feels like a slice of life. Film. You can imagine like sitting there looking at the TV, seeing this, or being on your phone and on Twitter and seeing like little things. Yeah. And it's also good because you get those horrifying little moments, but you yes. also get these little splashes of comedy. Like when. Um, the Rory Culkin's like it's in the book. We got to put tinfoil hats on. That's like, yeah. guys, don't put tinfoil hats on. Goes away for like three hours, comes back, and Rory Culkin, <laughs> Abigail President, and Wacken Phoenix are all just sitting, sitting there on their couch with the tinfoil hats. Like, and it's the we thought it would be better safe than sorry. It's Dad. the way they all look up at him, kind of like. <laughs> You're disappointed in us, aren't you? <laughs> and Mel Gibson's like, "What the fuck are oh, you doing?" It's a good bit. It's it a, is. It's a I, funny I like, gag. I have. I've got. I do like the movie. Yeah. Uh, it used to be my favourite, but Sixth Sense has to be. I still like it. Signs is still absolutely worth a watch. Yes. But, and I'm going to get angry again. 
you've got such a great little sci-fi pocket of a movie. It's wonderful. But then we've got all this dumb Shyamalan, like the water glasses, the baseball bat, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the asthma. And it all just so happens to culminate at the perfect time with a swing away and he hits the water. and he Swing get, away, and he, His lungs were closed, so the poison... And I'm just like, this isn't how life works. It's... it's Shyamalan! <laughs> it's, it's especially annoying because in that film... Like in that film, Mel Gibson. Like if you if you imagine that film, like if sorry, I'm I'm stumbling over what I want to say here. If you have if every movie was released with an after credit scene, mm. and the after credit scene had to be like a six month period away, right? If I was Mel Gibson after that film, I'd be like, I'm the chosen one. Yeah, I'm the God is real. One God is real. One hundred percent. I've just had verifiable proof. Two, he saved. Not just me, but every member of my family. And he's <laughs> we are we are the we are the I am the chosen one, my children are the apostles. I'm starting a cult. Um that's what I'd think of Osmo Gibson at the end of that film. Because he's, he's as far as he's concerned, that's it. Got his fucking faith back. My, my God gave my wife the words my son needed to hear. The, her her parting words, which we all thought were the, the nonsense dying words of a fucking woman. <laughs> swing away. Swing away, River. Um is actually that's our new gospel. That's the that's the cult. See, that's the chat because that's the problem. When you look at six cents, swing away, <laughs> six cents doesn't have that. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel yeah. like all these little coincidenty like they come together. Whereas science does, and it just takes away from that ending. Yeah, yeah. Because the ending could have been so great when they're trapped in the cellar and they're trying to get in, and it's really tense, scary. They turn off the lights, and then they go upstairs, and they're like, ah. Oh, they're gone. We're fine. And they're like, oh, let's bring the TV through. And you're kind of like, oh, and you relax. And then bring the TV through. And in the reflection of the screen, one of yeah, my favourite yeah, shots yeah. he's ever done, right. you see the reflection of the alien in it. And I'm like, oh, and then it just becomes dumb schlock. And I'm like, you were so close to sticking the landing. Yeah. And then you got to ruin it with this dumb schlocky, like- Because he had to tie it up with a bow. I hate it. I hate the ending so ending. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have much preferred a, a much more kind of Ambiguous, trapped in the cellar thing. Like gray. What Also, Because like, they talk about like, or maybe they're here to conquer us. And all kinds of, like, no, they're just a bunch of scavengers looking for some meat so they can keep scavenging around the the universe. I love everyone, that everyone idea. Everyone ripped into Shyamalan, and I disagree. This is the one thing I'll stick up for him, specifically on this film. Everyone was like, oh, why would they come to the planet that's got water if they're allergic to water? Fuck off. Nobody gave old, what's his face, that did War of the Worlds a problem when they Spielberg. came to the planet? Huh? Spielberg, when he did War of the Worlds. No, Worm. not Sp Spielberg didn't do War of the Worlds. He did the remake with Tom yeah, Cruise. Well, that's not his fucking story, Gav. That's not how <laughs> remakes work, you cock. That's a great point. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> You've got me there. George R. Wells. J George Orwell? No. What fucking War of the Worlds guy. Anyway, nobody gave him shit when it was like, oh, they came, but actually the common cold killed them. Like, nobody cares that they didn't know about the common cold. Everyone's fucking annoyed they didn't know that... Maybe they didn't know water was acid to them. Maybe they never seen water. Maybe water only exists on the fucking planet. Assholes. I guess because there's people like us out there now who just have to, like, criticise everything all the time. Yeah. H.G. Wells. Um, yeah. Anyway, we need to go back a film. Unbreakable. Is it, yeah, it was, for me, it was just because I just went from Sixth Sense to Science because yeah, yeah. I'd already. Because Unbreakable, I've seen a few times and I fucking love Unbreakable. Unbreakable is another good one. And this is it. This this is perfectly in line. Shia Amalan's early work, 
held up. His first three films are fucking knocks out of the park. Even, I know I just could have tore into Signs there. Well, Signs no, is, you, you, tore in, you tore into the you tore into the ending of Signs. Signs and, is still so great. The and scene, the endings the, of films. The scene in the well, pantry was like, "Don't go into the pantry." I think I trapped one in there. It's such an uncomfortable lie. You're like, "What the fuck's in the pantry?" <laughs> and you see shadow work. It's great, but you're unbreakable. Beautiful film, mm-hmm. and it's like, let's take Superman, but make him not know he's Superman. What's that like? And you're just like, it's kind of like great the, idea. Um, it's kind of like the Watchmen, right? It's like a, like a like the uh, like a wa- a pre Watchmen movie of what if there's a superhero? All right, cool. What if what if he's just a guy? Yeah, just a regular guy. He who who knows he should be doing good, but is also terrified. Like, and he also he learns that he's a superhuman in the most traumatic way possible, and then. It just kind of plays out very, again, this is what I love, he takes these big concepts early on and he just grounds them down to reality. And you're like, that's such an interesting idea. Let's just explore it. We said it about science, actually. Unbreakable feels pretty slice of life in a lot of it as well. Yeah. It's like slice of life punctuated with big action sequences. But those slice of life moments where he's just talking to his kids and he's trying to like grapple with what the fuck's happening to him. And then his son's like, oh my God, you're fucking Superman. He's like, shut up. Like, no, we can't. This can't be a thing. It's not He's a like, thing. you've got a super. You you have to have a nemesis and blah. It's like, no, this is not how reality works. Yeah. And then it does. It does, but <laughs> it, it, again, the endings are always. He 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 lays it out as like this is normal life, but then he just has to go that one step over the line. You're like, oh, you're so close every time. It's it is so. It's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird pattern as well of like. Look, here's what I'm doing. I'm I'm turning it on its head a little bit. Oh, right, nice one. And now it's exactly what you thought it was. Like, oh, why? why Sex sense is the only one that doesn't do it. Yeah. And then everything else, you again. I just I don't know. He's well, then, got, he, then he trying to go back to twists, right? He's gotten worse. As well, he's he, got, on. he got worse, and then he got better, and then he got worse again. I don't think I can't. Don't think he can say he got better. I think he got passable, and then he just got bad again. <laughs> um, but right, like, do you want to say anything else about Unbreakable? Other than it's just, we like it. It's a good film. Unbreakable is such a beautiful looking movie. Solid, he, solid performance from Bruce Willis. He worked with the same cinematographer for, I think, his first two or three films. He right. should have maybe stuck with that cinematographer because <laughs> uh, they work well together. Uh, he also loves to work with James Newton Howard. He's scored almost every one of his films. And I think James Newton Howard understands Shyamalan because he does great scores for all of his films. I just need to drop that because James Newton Howard does good work. Uh, Unbreakable is just, yeah, it's a great, and I'm so glad he left it alone and never went back to it. Oh, wait. Uh, So after him signs in Unbreakable was The The Village. Village. So I rewatched The Village recently because it was, that was, that was one that I felt was, I think I'd watched once before and it was, it got caught up in the Shyamalan. He's done another twist. I hadn't seen The Village. Hadn't at all. Hadn't seen the village. No. What, what were your thoughts as a first so, time watcher? I knew, obviously, I knew the twist, which is it's just uh, in modern day, but it's a town. So yeah, and and for if anyone hasn't, the village, the whole movie is set up like it's a nineteen like an thirties, nineteen forties. That's an early eighteen hundreds like little early village. 18? That's like an eighteen hundreds kind of village. There's yeah. you know they they've no technology. It's yeah eighteen hundreds like they're. You know, and they just this nice little close knit town, but there's monsters in the woods, and they nobody can go out there. And then somebody gets stabbed. They need antibacterial, and she's blind, even though she's the. Worst we'll get blind into that person. stuff in a second. Yeah. So <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to my first watch of the village, even though I knew the twist, I'm like, okay, let's see what the rest of the film is. Yep. Minus your twist, the rest of the film 
is bad. <laughs> that's that, that's the summary. This is where we start the decline for M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> because wait, 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 because you're because just to finish for anyone that hasn't seen it, so she has to go out all, through yes. the forest. She has to get past the monsters. She gets told the monsters are fake, um, and they're just created by the elders to uh, keep people in the, the in fucking the town. elders. And then she gets out of the forest, and the reason I'm doing this one because I feel like the other three are big enough that everyone's yeah. seen them. The village you may have not slept. And then she gets out of of the of the the forest, and actually, it's some one of the people from the village is a billionaire. It's set in modern day, and they've just everyone of the elders had been like wronged by people, had gone through a traumatic, traumatic loss, thing. and they all decided, oh, why don't we just. Make an 1800s village. Go back in, in to the, the good old days when things were simpler. So, whatever. That's the whole plot of the film. <laughs> but you take out the twist and you have some truly horrendous dialogue. Some, some real bad dialogue. Some really, really distasteful acting choices. Adrian Brody playing... A mentally challenged person. Mentally, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a movie here. So I it's know gonna be the same movie I was gonna quote. It's, Tropic Thunder says you never go full retard, and Adrian Brody definitely flew too close, too close to he the sun. He flew through the sun <laughs> and out the other side. Oh, it's bad. This it is, is a, bad. this is a point because one of the notes that I made, and this is a thing that Shyamalan doesn't, in almost all of his movies at this point, whereas he uses um, mental disabilities as a crux or a characteristic yeah. that fully defines the person and they are nothing but that mental disability. With the sixth sense, it's the trauma. With uh, signs, again, it's trauma. With uh, the village, it's both a blind person who is blind when the movie needs them to be blind and other times can just see, Yeah, which is so handy. I wish I had that. Because the whole, the, whole, uh, the whole time I was watching the film, again, I was like... Yeah, I remember why they sent her out because she can't see, so she won't be able to let the secret spill. But I kind of forgot how far she has to go. So far, blind. Like they just send a blind person into. Like <laughs> it's kind of hard to put it out, but just into a forest. The directions I, he gives her is go straight <laughs> until there's a river, follow the river until there's a road. Done. Then, then you're I, there. She's walking for like two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can believe if I, I I'm not blind. And I just can't ever imagine being blind and going off of my ears and a walking stick and trying to make it through a whole through fucking a, forest. Through a dense forest. Crazy. Chased by a fake monster that you know isn't real, but you still, still think it's real. And it turns out the monster was the disabled person. Who's in love, and you're with, just who's like, in love with you and uh, guy. Oh, it's crazy. Like, nuts. the minute... And I don't know what Adrian Brody was given in terms of... Um, notes by Shyamalan but both Shyamalan and Adrian Brody should feel ashamed of themselves for making that any part of the movie because, ever you know what the other part of it is why the fuck did he have to be mentally to say like there's no reason <laughs> there isn't a reason but that's it that's his characteristic which is he is mentally disabled mentally challenged I think is what we should be saying I don't actually think I think is it de- develop de- developmentally challenged what's the right term I was trying to ask Audio Boy this yesterday, and he didn't give me a clear answer. So I'm just saying, people with a mental he has a he has a disability of some kind. Disability, I think. This, he has, yeah, he has a disability of some kind, and don't worry, we're safe because of what Shyamalan did with Adrian Brody. Because <laughs> we're trying to not be dicks. We're yeah. trying to 
but it, it's, it's so bad. bad. It's so uncomfortable. And you, and you are actually right. Yeah, no, no, you. I'm right. I've just said it. There's no need for him to have that. There's absolutely there's absolutely no need for him to be uh, mentally jammed what's, not, whatsoever. N- not at all. He could have just been a, a jealous, stilted lover yeah. who is completely copas mentis, and and the entire plot of the film would still work. Because I almost feel like he chose for Adrian Brody's character to be like that to make it not as bad when he does what he does. Yeah. But then why not instead... sympathetic, I guess. Yeah, but then why? Because then later on you just turn him into just a a villain. Yeah. He goes from, I don't really know what I did because I don't understand what I did because I can't understand what I did, to then just, well, now I'm just a bad guy who's stolen things and I'm going to go kill her in the woods. And you're like, what? Like He also knows what he did because when they find him... He's got all the blood in his hand. He's like, oh, the bad colour. But then he starts crying. So it's, it's like, he clearly knows enough. It, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make and sense. And it doesn't need to be in the film. And it's just so uncomfortable. And again, Shyamalan, all of his films, you will find the person, you'll find the character. That's defined by that one. Where their entire characteristic yeah. is they have some sort of disability in some way. And we're going to use that, usually in a way that's so poorly... Explode. Just heavy-handed, just just completely, and it's like like smashing a nail with a mallet. It's yeah. so fucking. And you're just and I don't. Here's what I'll think. I'll say about Shyamalan is with his writing uh, and with how he perceives people to interact with one another yeah. and how he perceives information should be delivered to people. I think it's not unfair to say that he might be on the spectrum of some kind himself, himself, because. <laughs> He writes all of his movies, he produces all of his movies and directs all of his movies. And when you see how he writes just anyone, they all kind of just talk the same. Yeah. And that way is, if you watch him in interviews, how he talks. But it doesn't work for his films or his characters because everyone, like, when you see the characters in old and they talk in oh, information. Wait, 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 wait. Because I want to okay, yeah. save as much of old as we can or you, because that whole film is you, like You look at The Village or you look at um, The Last Airbender, you look at any of yep. these films, no one talks to each other like they're humans. No one has any physical or emotional it's, it's, it's interaction. It's robotic dialogue. It's very robot- robotic. It's very... A lot of exposition. A lot exposition, of information. heavy. And... When you look at a movie like The Village, you don't need it. Like, this isn't a film that requires everyone talk through information, just deliver it. This should be a movie of, like, here's this close-knit community. Let's learn about them and get to know. It's like, nope, we're there's having also, informational talks there's again. There's also a shit ton of them. I, I, the, so the, amount, the amount of characters that he introduces in that film that you, I was constantly like, oh, okay. And I get why. It's, it's so that he can do the whole, like, trauma, 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 trauma. Now you understand why, you know, 12 people decided to make a village, whatever. But um, I mean, oh god, <laughs> there's just so fucking many, and it's 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 star studded. It's like a it's a like a crazy it's, car. It's definitely the movie where he had off the back of the last three. They're like, you can now get star power in your movies. And yeah, he had got a lot of star. Do power. you know what the other thing that's crazy in that film is? Mm-hmm. So um, they look at the photo, not the blind girl because she wouldn't be able to see it. But Sigourney Weaver well, opens. Maybe she could in that scene. Opens. <laughs> Opens her box of uh, memories that they inexplicably keep in the houses yeah. behind a simple lock and key. I, if, I I just, was, if I was a kid, I'd and they be put like, it on show, smash. being like, "Those are the things those you the, shouldn't look those at." Are the bag boxes. Because you know when you tell someone not to look at it, they obviously well, they will do. never look. 
So Sigourney Weaver looks at her photo, and you see that all the people that worked at the bank, or the, the they were from the AA meeting or whatever. So the village itself has been going for what, like 20 years? Yeah. Like, couldn't be that long. Who the fuck are the rest of the people? Yeah. And who the fuck are they keeping in the city with the monsters? Because, so like, Jesse Eisenberg is... Jesse Eisenberg must have been the baby that Sigourney Weaver's holding in that picture. But then Joaquin Phoenix is her kid, so Joaquin Phoenix had to be the baby. Oh, fuck yeah. So, like, but but it's. But Joaquin Phoenix is like 27 in the movie. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't go in the forest. I'm scared of it. He's like, so all the adults must know. It just feels like there's a lot of. There's a lot of people there that. It's it's kind of must the same also thing. know. Yeah, it's the same thing that happened in Star Wars where they're like, "Oh, Jedi's they're not real." It's like it hasn't been that long. It's not been you long should, enough. You should know the Jedi's and things were real. Do you know yeah. what's the other? Because th- villages plot hole heavy. We could do oh, a whole episode plot. But one of the lines of dialogue that enrages me so much in that movie is when he said it is when you've got the main elder guy, and he's like, "Oh, but like who's causing all the." Like the the skinned animals and stuff. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. It must be one of the elders. I'm like, do you not want to find out about that? <laughs> this is your tight knit group of people who know what's going on, and he's just kind of like, that's one of the elders. It's just one of the elders. One of those crazy. I'm like, Wait, need- what? yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. Get, it's like, get he, he just hand waves it away. It's like, oh, one of the elders has been doing. It. He's like, why? I don't know. That's terrifying. Because you're <laughs> supposed to all work together to keep this secret going, and one of you is clearly going off book. <laughs> Because Sigourney Weaver's just like, well, this can't be wolves and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I mean, coyote. Use no, wouldn't use know what it is. And I'm yeah. like, so, so they've lost control <laughs> and they're so indifferent to it. And then they send a blind woman through the forest. And the thi- and then the worst of all, the blind woman gets out. She's just like, obviously, she can't see what's going on because in that scene, the movie doesn't want her to yeah. see things. But she doesn't question anything yeah. because she just wants to get back to the man that she loves yeah, yeah, and I'm like fuck off <laughs> they've known each other for like two minutes they've not had a single meaningful interaction there's no chemistry and she's just like all I care about is saving his life I'm like ask any question about what's beyond the wall <laughs> and it's like no I and she just showed, like I got your medicine and every movie's done now and you're That's like it. what it's it's the most unsatisfying ending of of yeah, it's he terrible. just gave up. Also, this I would say that this is Shyamalan's uh, the first time that he he puts his cameo in that you're like, what are you doing, man? Do we want to do the, the cameo talk now? Because I'm ready to do the. Oh, cameo. we can save it if you want to do a, if you want to do a run through. Have you got them all? Have you got them all saved? I just know them all. Oh, and I hate yeah, them all. That, that's the first. That's the first one. Because after rewatching, I was kind of like, oh Christ, it's fine. The cameo is actually fine when the 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 guy goes into the the fucking sheriff's cabin, whatever the fuck it is. Sure. And he's grabbing the shit and he's trying to do it sneakily. And then he opens the fridge. Yes. And in the reflection you of can... the fridge, you see, he's like, oh, you've man, reused, you've, you've got, reused the it. shot from Sainz. Um, but yeah, right. Next up is Lady in the Water. Which neither of us have seen. Didn't we, bother with it. We had such a short turnaround for the recording of this episode. So from we, deciding. We could have given ourselves more time, but we just didn't. I know, but also with Knock at the Cabin, you, we want to try and get it out within an amount, an amount of time. From what I've read online, it, it's not a good film. I'm though. Not, it's not shocked. I've read the synopsis <laughs> and it sounded bad. Yeah. Um, it's It doesn't... Paul Giamatti, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, fucking... He finds like a, yeah, like a mystical creature in his... A water Motel nymph. pool. Yeah. And then I guess falls in love with it. Maybe haven't seen it. Don't know. Could be fucking anything. Moving on. Um, <laughs> if you've seen Lady in the Water and you want us to talk about it, send us a message or a tweet, and we'll—I'll say if anybody, if enough people get in touch with us saying do a Lady in the Water episode, I'll promise like, you that episode. You know, 
with the amount we're talking about, you know? Then oh, no. we get onto No. <laughs> the probably the first time mm. I think that everyone went Maybe he's actually not a good filmmaker. This, this is actual shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is hot wait, steaming trash. Wait a minute. The happening with Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, Zoe Deschanel, and the MVP hot dog man, <laughs> <laughs> who I wanted the whole movie to be about. It's it's insane. This I, like the thing I just said there about his dialogue and it, um, it not feeling like how a regular everyday person would talk um this is this is it at its worst yeah the dialogue is so bizarre it's so stilted this movie when i was because me and audio boy watched the last airbender and the happening back to back (laughs) what a fucking night it was jeez i had a mental breakdown by the end but this movie feels like um tommy wiseau wrote it and directed it. It's a special level of bad. Like, I I look at this film being like, how could you go from the sixth sense and, six and... And land here. And land here. This is where you start and you go to the sixth sense. <laughs> you don't start the sixth sense and fall down to here with Marky Mark going, has to talk like this the whole movie. What's going on? I think the wind, the wind's going on. What's up? No, no. And then Zoe Deschanel is just like, talking to Joey and there. Uh, just here every so often. This isn't one that I rewatched because I thought I actually just didn't want to put myself through it again. But yeah, Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel are running from an invisible force. John Linguizamo, who gives the weirdest, the weirdest performance. Like, don't take her hand unless you mean it. And you're like, Jesus, all right, John, fucking hell. Uh, so I'm going to let you leave this one a bit more. But yeah, like for anyone that doesn't know it, they, they the uh, the planet Earth itself has decided that the humans are a virus and is fighting back. So, But only on the east coast of America. Oh, is it only on the east coast? And then the ending of the movie, is it like, oh, it's over. Like it, it was just a, a quick cleanse because it's, it's the movie about global warming, yeah. obviously. But, and it's just like, oh, we're fine. And then the the bit at the end is they're in France and it starts happening in France. Uh, so it's like, it's going to start happening it. in different pockets different, around the world. Right. But yeah, but basically earth itself is trying to kill off humans to, to, to yeah, cleanse us. And the, the trees are fighting back, but it's, it's an invisible force that makes you kill yourself. Right. It's, basically. It's, it's like a pheromone tree pheromone. Makes you yeah. Kill it's like the, f- the plants and the stuff create something that's then spread by the wind. And once it, hits humans it makes them become suicidal and kill themselves uh, so and and if you haven't seen this movie i need you to image to to get in an like in your head because it's the whole film is filmed like a horror film i mean yeah this film was so i remember the trailer vividly it was sold on the the big hitter scenes of like the bodies falling off the buildings and the yep. lawnmower rolling over the guy in the car and you're like this is going to be like a really fucking tense yep. thriller like it's going to be fast paced and like it's going to have these hot, like really terrifying moments and it's going to with like little bits of tense like hiding in a house but kind of like signs a previous movie yeah. that Amelon had done yep. and instead you have Marky Mark it's a bunch of people and Zoe Deschanel, with no emotions, running away from an invisible force that, that you don't about. see, constantly running from nothing, literal nothing, literal nothing, because <laughs> the there wind. is nothing, because it's the wind, running from nothing to a like scary horror movie, <laughs> and then every so often you you see like a really v- violent death. death. 
people just like shoot themselves what like <laughs> it's so back bad. to the kind of like <laughs> the annoying thing is throughout all of these these movies good or bad or fucking the happening which is a different level <laughs> of shite the camera work his camera work <laughs> is so fucking good there is a scene where there's a cop and he's talking to a guy and then he shoots himself but sh- because he wants to keep a like a 12a yeah. kind of rating he doesn't show it and it's bloodless so you just there's a low shot of the ground you see the gun hit the ground then you see some feet walk over the gun gets picked up bang gun drops down again somewhere else and the camera follows it it's a really interesting shot yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. a good way of hiding people shooting themselves within your rating but because the movie is so dumb you're just like what the fuck am i looking at <laughs> like if this movie had set it up in like a really good way it taken this concept because all he's great with a concept and that's it <laughs> That would have been that would have been such a memorable scene that people talked about. Yeah. But it's lost in between a guy talking about hot dogs and Marky Mark being a science teacher <laughs> who just talks about bees and Zoe Deschanel is trying to fuck a guy called Joey and then Mark Wahlberg has some fake cough syrup um, flirting with a with a phys- uh, pharmacist. I need you to explain because I can't fucking remember who the fuck is hot dog guy. So there's a guy <laughs> where they come across him at one point. And they're like, oh, do you mind if we get in the car with you? Like, And he's like, yeah, like jump in. Me and my missus are going along to get some stuff from our place yeah, and then yeah. we're going to run away. And this guy's got a bunch of plants and everything, so he knows things about plants. And he just walks into a scene and he goes, do you guys like hot dogs? And Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> like, just kind of shrugs. And he goes like, great shape, good bit of protein. You not like them? And then Zoe Deschanel's like, I'm not really a big fan. He's like, oh, okay. That's the scene. <laughs> And then later on, when they're like, they're trying to figure out what way to go to escape the wind, Jack, guy's just fucking chowing down a hot dog. Like there's no tomorrow. That's it. Guy then, next two scenes later, he's dead. Just what? dies off screen. I don't remember any of this. But hot, I, I mean, audio This is body. making me want to go and watch The Happening. Don't do it. Because it's a trick. It. Just watch the hot dog scene. Don't watch the movies. <laughs> but that guy should have been the movie. Just the entire movie while he's running away from the wind, he should have just been talking about hot dogs. Just scranning them. Scranning hot dogs the entire and then, time. And then the, the movie ends with they go to a house that's got like a, a tube they can talk through and there's this crazy old lady with a doll. Mm-hmm. None of that's explained. The old lady, why she's the way she is, it's never explained except for we need a a creepy evil lady she fucks off and dies the two of them are like right we just i don't want to die alone i want to die with yep. you they, they walk towards each other just as the wind stops killing everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like all right cool movie's over now that's it and the movie ends it's fucking weird and it's, terrible it's a crazy film and that's, that's me talking about when i watched it in 2009 like I didn't want to watch it again because I genuinely remembered it being terrible. And I thought, it's, I'm not going to add anything to it other than complaining about how fucking The Happening is. is the movie that ends careers and he still kept, he kept going. Because then he went on to The Last Airbender. <sighs> Inexplicably. That was like, they gave, him, they gave him plenty of leash and he went and he did great. And then he gave him a bit more leash. And then he started doing not so great. So then they were like, right, you've kind of shat the bed a bunch. You have shat the bed a fucking shit ton. So now we're going to give you a well-known IP. We're going to give you quite a lot of money. You can't fuck this up. The story is written for you. Oh, but then he took over and wrote his own script. And Shyamalan fucked it up. <laughs> uh, notoriously bad, The Last Airbender. Uh, it, it pissed off fans. It pissed off film goers that weren't fans. It, f- it pissed, pissed, pissed off, off the everyone. creators of the show. It pissed off creators of the show. It pissed off pretty much everyone because it's just a, a steaming pile. So the... 
because I did a deep dive into the the IMDb for this one because I because the happening's bad. I think the Last Airbender is his worst movie. Uh, oh, I don't know though the happening fucking hell. But the old, but the old. Uh, yeah. So Nickelodeon wanted to make Avatar into a movie because it was their biggest well, it's blowing up. It's yeah. their biggest IP. The creators were like, oh, I don't know. Can we at least direct it? Nickelodeon's like, no. We've got this guy called M Night Shyamalan, yep. and the two creators were like, "Cool, we're done. Like, <laughs> this is not going to work." The first script <laughs> that Shyamalan delivered was, uh, "If you were to time it out, seven hours." <laughs> that was his first draft of the script. He got told to cut that down to at least two to two and a half. But then Paramount wanted to release the movie in three D, so they had to cut it down to an hour and forty, so they could get the three D done in yeah, time yeah. and chuck it out. And that's why this movie is an all-out fucking ballistic nonsense mess of information <laughs> at a constant rate and things are always happening and the movie's always moving. There's not a moment and, to and, breathe. And this is also like not even necessarily his fault, but he was also tasked with cramming what a season, two seasons, like 20 episodes. Yeah. It's the season, first season. It's either a, it's a full season that they cram. Yeah. Or is it a season and a half? So I, I think when I read it was the first 20 episodes of season one into the first movie and they were going to do a trilogy. Yeah. With the this, other two like, seasons. The the budget for this movie was 150 million, and the advertising was 130 million, and this movie barely made 300 million. Oh. So this was his biggest um, biggest disaster financially, and it set him back for a while. But the most important thing to talk about when it comes to the last Airbender is that they refer to everyone as benders, <laughs> and as anyone who lives in the UK knows. The word bender is a slur for uh, homosexual men. Mm -hmm. And so to just casually be watching a Nickelodeon movie on Netflix where they're running around going, look out for those benders, (laughs) is never not the funniest (laughs) but still bad thing you've ever watched. That's why Mario Party 10 was delayed in the UK. Because one of the characters was a bender. No. <laughs> one of the uh at one point uh Kamek, who's like a little you'll see him in the Mario movie, he's like a little wizard. Uh one of the Mario Party tra- uh boards was on a train mm. and Kamek would come out and he'd move the train carriages around. So if you were at the front, you might end up at the back, and if you're in the middle, you'd move up. Like, it was a funny gimmick. But in the American version of the game, he'd come out and be like, Oh, you've rolled the dice. Time to make this train go spastic. Oh, no. And he moved it. But in America, that's not a thing. Yeah. But over here, somebody like on the localization team was just like, You have to change that. No, that can't happen. You can't have Kamek shouting, I'm going to make this train spastic, <laughs> and then moving the train around. So um, Mario Party 10 was delayed by like a year and a half. I don't know why it took them so fucking long, but yeah, it was delayed for like a year and a half in the UK while they changed it. Sadly, they didn't do the same for the last airbender, and they just kept saying like, look out for those firebenders. We need to get to the waterbender kingdom. And it's just like the whole, you're, the whole it's, movie. It's funny as well, because I've watched the, the, the TV show. I've watched all of it, and it's a really good TV show. I really enjoy it. I've I heard about it. I've never seen the it's TV very show. Good. It's, it's very, very good you know as far as kids uh viewing stuff goes it's, it holds up it's, yeah. it's decent but yeah that film is just a shit show and it's and it is it's because there's so much going on in the in the tv show that gets explained in a drip feed over episodes yeah so he just decided to well not decided to but they had to cram into a an two hour and 40 runtime. minutes like it's just a, it's, it's a hard task in itself it, and it then, was an impossible task and he uh, had already failed at every other task as a filmmaker so he thought why not fail at trying to make a big budget movie it's unwatchably bad like me and audio boy had to pause three or four times just to try and like um 
quiet our heads because <laughs> the movie is the movie is constant noise, information, talking, weird visuals, terrible acting, weird Do you dialogue. Know what this sounds like what old. <laughs> Which we'll get to. It's like there's there's a moment where the main character, the the Avatar kid, he's just kind of like he's being captured. Then he's released, found by his friends, goes to the temple, finds out his friends are dead, screams, and the next minute they're going off to another Earth temple. And that's not lying. Maybe six minutes. <laughs> But all that happens in six yeah, minutes, yeah, and it's yeah. just like, and the whole time they're just calling people benders. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck is going on? I it's feel just, like you got hung up on one aspect of this film that is. You can't not when they're just like, they're, we need to go to the Fire Nation benders, and I'm just like, stop saying benders. It's the it's the line of look out for those benders that just it will break you when you Kills watch you. it. All right, um, next up we got After Earth, which <laughs> who cares? It's like. It felt like after the airbender, they were like, okay, you shat the bed there. You're still somehow in the graces of someone. Um, Will del- Smith. Delete, delete my naked pics, please, Shyamalan. But until you do, I guess I'll give you another shot. And, you know what I mean? Sony Pictures have just picked him yeah. up. He's a big enough name that they thought it would give After they Us some give gravitas. Him this, this easy action schlock movie. And then it's The rumour is that he didn't actually direct it. He was a placeholder name and Will Smith had to direct it because it's like a secret Scientology movie. Who cares about After Earth? Oh, really? Yeah, apparently That's interesting. So. But all of it's bad. It's not worth watching. It's not worth talking about because there's very little Shyamalan in it, which okay. is why I don't think he directed it either. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, it's not, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, then The Visit. The Visit is just the greatest comedy movie. What year did that come out? 2015. In 2015, that was the greatest comedy movie that came out. <laughs> because it, So this is this is the one that I didn't manage to get around to. I wanted to watch it, but I didn't. So you're you're on this one. I, I just, haven't seen it. Um, I know, it's weird how I know the twists to every one of his films without yeah. ever seeing it. But I know the twist, uh, which is the kids go to... Kids get dropped off by their parents at their grandparents' house. They're like, Granny and Granny, they're acting weird because the kids have never met them. And then it turns out that the grandparents are us. Two escaped mental patients from a local asylum. And uh, that's, that is so problematic. I didn't realize that part about it. Yes. And uh, also, it's like, you'd think that would set up for a scary movie, mm. but it sets up for one of the greatest slapstick comedies <laughs> in modern time because it's like, I remember it was on the TV one day and Audio Boy saw it and he was just pissing himself with laughter. And he's like, what is this? I went, oh, it's M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. And he went, is this supposed to be scary? And I went, yes, Philip. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's also, it's his attempt at found footage. The found footage is really bad. Yeah. It's, and it's, is the whole film found footage? The whole film is like, a kid wants to be a documentary filmmaker. Right, so okay. he documents his visit to go see his family. Yeah. And it's just a lot of him like, here's me doing one of my raps. And the kid just starts doing raps. And like, Shaman wrote these raps, so they're really bad. <laughs> and it's there's just scenes where like, the kid wanders, one of the best scenes, me and my, my friend Ross still talk about this one, where the kid walks into the shed where his granddad is. And the granddad's got his uh, shotgun in his mouth. And he just looks up, the kid and goes, I was just cleaning it. That, <laughs> like, and you just, you piss yourself with laughs. Like at the end, the granddad takes off his uh pooey diaper and just rubs poo all over the kid's face and we just watch it happen slowly as he just rubs it in it's so funny (laughs) I keep saying to my girlfriend that we're going to watch it because it's one of the funniest unintentional movies ever made I don't think I need I'm going to have to get on it you have to it's so funny it's piss your pants funny 
And is I like. It, is it poo your diaper funny? Is poo your diaper and rub it in your grandson's <laughs> face funny? <laughs> and I love it. And I, I know it's bad, but I love it because of how bad, it, how funny it is. Oh, okay. I'll get on it. But next up, we got split in glass. Which do we need to speak? We, mean, we have. We've done an episode. Have we done an episode? Split's another example of he uses um, mental health and trauma as cruxes for the character. James McAvoy is fucking incredible. Like performance Some of a lifetime from him. I hate that they destroyed what was unbreakable by doing this whole like but I think that was Shyamalan being like I'm at the I'm bottom MCU. I think it's more like he was like doing so bad that he's like I need to win people back over I'll just tie into one of my old movies that everyone likes so that I'll just do an unbreakable sequel yeah. and it worked because it got so many people back in the cinema they were received well critically they mm. did well money wise and it put him back on a place where like oh cool I can start doing my trash again and it gave him that that golden ticket back <laughs> into the, the launch pad into and we spoke about it a lot and now we're about to <laughs> i'm about to rip it to shreds because i hadn't seen this one before uh coming out here and it was the one i wanted to watch because i funnily enough was excited to see this at the cinema i thought like oh, that, trailers look good they look tense they look interesting i watched it holy shit it's a mess i can't believe that's the film he made before knock at the cab like going you know what i mean like going <laughs> yeah. back the way watching skipping most of that and kind of writing him off to see knock at the cabin was a nice surprise yeah so then go back and watch the one that he released before old <sighs> what old proof what a shit show because yeah watching knock at the cabin were both kind of surprised but that was actually quite good yeah. if i had then gone back and watched old which directly I, afterwards which i did which you did <laughs> What I realised is going back, because I watched Old at the end of my um, marathon slog, is when you look at Old, he's learned nothing. That's what I learned from watching Old. Because mine is split in glass, which you can say what you want. And yeah. the, like Old proves that he's learned nothing and he's still stuck in his way. And in Knock at the Cabin, it's like a weird, like, maybe he's learned something. Like almost experimental offshoot. Maybe, maybe he just got lucky. Yeah. But it's Old, old is filled with crazy performances. Mm insane dialogue heaps of exposition that doesn't ever actually explain anything and never feels authentic or like genuine in the way yeah. it's delivered nothing feels authentic or genuine um nothing's real like this one is one of those ones where it's like oh look big happy uh, bow at the ending but it's also kind of just never really explained properly it's not satisfying it's either. not satisfying in the fucking slightest and to put it all the fucking right it's just plot hole heavy it's like the whole film is just nonsense plot hole yeah. like the whole time audio boy and i were watching it we're just like what about that though why this you could ju just do that like, well, look, like like i think i don't know if it's going to be in it I, I can't remember what i said at the beginning or if i even talked to it but like why let kids come to your fucking resort yeah make it out only secondly very early on to explain and presumably because the budget didn't expend to the fucking moon why not everyone's hair and nails were growing incredibly yeah. fast they're like oh dead cells must not be affected by this beach this living time well living cells accelerate here on this beach dead cells aren't affected of course that works now everyone's hair stays the same done easy sorted oh my god this dead woman she's decomposed in an hour what you just said dead cells don't <laughs> yep. get affected what he he makes an answer for one question and then completely bulldozes through that answer for other things because he needs that. The amount of times the Audio Boy would be like, wait, why is that happening yeah. now? And I'm like, because the movie needs it to now happen. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no justification or reason other than, oh, I just need it to it's, happen. It's also such a fucking huge leap in logic because you find out that they're trial 73 or 71 mm. or whatever the fuck it is. So you can kind of assume that this is the 70 first attempt at this or the 71st time they've done it 
And the scientists are giving themselves a little clap, clap on the back. They're giving it the whole like, oh, but, you know, we've saved millions of people. And I know what we're doing is kind of shitty, but we have saved millions of lives with the medicine that we're creating because we can test. And the whole crux of this movie is they can test a life. They can do a lifetime test in a day. Yeah. Right. Cool. I get it. They go through the whole like clap on the back thing, and and the film kind of starts like it 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 gets so close to exploring some interesting themes, like the kids saying like, "Oh, it's weird." It feels like this morning I was thinking in two colors, and now I'm thinking in five colors. Like I think it's one of the lines the kid yeah. says. It's a weird line, and some of the lines you get away with it because the the family's like French descent, French mm. English, maybe like Canadian, Montreal, whatever. Yeah. So you kind of get away with the, the ropey dialogue, at least with those four characters, because they're at least presented as kind of like non like non native English speakers. Um, but then it's just everything is just fucking stupid outside that. Like everything it's that- constant. Like every new scene is something dumb and stupid that you're just like you're spending so much mental time trying to catch up with the stupidity that yeah. you then miss the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always throwing things at you. That movie is a constant assault of just like information and noise and visual thing, visual thing, constant noise. Da, 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 da. And you're just like, I need to stop. I need to pause this and yeah. just try and like, and then he's like, dog's died. You're like, ah, stop. Like, there's just like, da, 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 da. It's just like, it's the, the, the fact that those two kids are six and seven and then have mentally sex and then have sex because they're aging. Pregnant? She gets pregnant. She has the baby and then the baby dies instantly because it's like, oh, the kid just rolled over and then closed its eyes. It's like, time's moving fa- too fast. It needs constant attention. And then the girl's like, well, I'm going to climb my way out of here. And then just like, he just, ki- like, I don't understand why he killed everyone off like clockwork. And like, it happens like- too fast to ever Keep up or care. Well, yeah, I like through to the end did not give a single fuck about any one of those characters. And and that's an interesting point, actually, because pretty much every film, even his worst films, yeah. even the happening, you kind of care at the very least about Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg. Maybe. A little. Maybe. A little. Um, and at least there's characters you kind of care about and everything else. Kid a hot dog, man. This one, you get all the way to the end of it and you're left with like, I don't give a shit about I mean, you know any what? of these people. A main reason why is because every character introduces themselves with a dossier of information. Hi, my name's Gerard. Yeah, I'm yeah. a nurse and I've worked six years and I was born. But you're just like, <laughs> what? This is not how anyone and, ever... And, and, and and I do not understand why he decided he needed to add a fucking classic monster in in the final, the final act of the final act. With the guy with dementia. No, with the woman. Oh, yeah, she's the- like, I need my makeup, my bones, oh, yeah, my just- back. And then she freaks out and she's flipping around. I mean, it's a terrible way to go. But why Hilarious decide- to look at. Why did he decide, like, you know what I need? I need, a, I need an actual, like, monster. Yeah, the movie, movie didn't need a monster or a villain or anything like that. Because the villain is time. That's the point the of the movie. The whole theme of the movie is time is... Uh, relentless. Well, yeah, absolutely. But it, it, it packages it like, you know what the villain is? What? Dementia. Yeah. Dementia is the villain. Is your granddad going senile? Is your yeah. racist granddad going senile? He, he's going to, he's going to, that's this, bad. The scene where he attacks the mum and the dad with the knife, but then it cuts away to calcium lady just going, wah! And then we cut back and he's still just like slicing. And I'm like, just stop him from cutting you. It's he's not, old and senile. There's two of you and they're just, oh, I get one's blind and one's deaf. But he's also like, run away, I'll protect you. He just stands there with his arm up and just lets him cut away. I'm just like, this is so dumb. Yeah. This it's is so dumb. Terrible film. Terrible, terrible. I, I cannot believe, I cannot, genuinely cannot believe that is the movie he released before 
Knock of the Gavin. And has an egregious cameo. Oh, it's that. Yeah. Speaking of his, do you want to do a very quick cameo? Here's the rundown. All of them are terrible because all of them are embarrassing. Every time he shows up, it's an immediate like, oh, for fuck's sake. Really? You're here again. Yeah. I think because the. What is it in the sixth sense? What does he do? He, the sixth sense is pretty like oh he's like a sh- like he's really minimal. He is minimal in the sixth. The sense. sixth sense is like the first one. You're like oh that's nice. He's just giving himself the tiniest role so he can be in the film. He's I'm a, fine with that. He's in a car, I think, driving someone. And then the sixth, and then the signs. He's in the. He's again in a car, but he's like telling them like oh. But he, signs he's doing. He's like the a, one that ran over Mel Gibson's wife and killed her. And he's doing a whole exposition piece and a whole like look. I'm really sorry. Like I'm. Really, but he's like. Does Unbreak- not have does uh, not have the acting chops to fucking. Unbreakable is one of the um, people that like Bruce Willis's characters following because he yeah. suspects something of him. Uh, the village, he's the guy in the he's the room at the end. Security fella. Uh, the happening, <sighs> can't remember what he does in the happening. Does something that he wasn't in the last Airbender. Don't think he's in the visit. He might be. I don't think he was in Split or Glass. Oh no, he definitely is. He plays the same security guy. He does, yeah, he does. Yeah, Installing yeah. the security system. Yep. God, yeah, those yeah, are yeah, fucking yeah. embarrassing ones. And then with uh, old, he's just he drives the people to the beach and then watches them from yeah. afar. And then and he's constantly there. And then also, last- sorry, how the fuck? You know, they send every family down there with a bag, like a box. Yeah, and again, dead things do not get affected by time. Why is that not beach covered in shit? Oh, there's like a there's a tiny mound of bags and a knife. Yeah, but like that's the seventy first trial. Why is that entire beach not yeah. littered with bones and everything? I guess all of it. They're just going to be oh, just the case away because you can't get out. Also, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm getting annoyed. The nurse Jaren is like Jared. Maybe, Jared. Maybe like, it's like the bends. Maybe if we just go out one step at a time, we will uh, will acclimatize and we'll be able to get back out. Yeah, maybe. Never that, try it. You know what? That's a good. That's a good shout. You might lose twenty years of your life. Oh, <gasps> that twenty years. Yeah. Do you know what's better than that? What dying here on dying the dying on the beach. The kids fucking lose their lives anyway. They could have just fucking started. All the stuff with the kids just made me uncomfortable. The whole everything with the kids is bizarre. all the kids stuff. And then you've got it's just all of it. Just all of it. I just get the kids out of there. We didn't need kids there. It's just you better definitely for didn't everyone. need kids to have sex. You definitely didn't need. Didn't need that. We didn't need the two six year olds in the the bodies of. What fifteen year olds to then Jeez. have sex? Yeah, and then her walking out with a big distended belly. You're just like, get no. You wrote this, and you shouldn't have. You sick old man. It's weird, very weird. The ending question, because we need to wrap up at this point, that I want to ask before we're done, because this is the the yes. last thing my, on my notes after this long slog of experience. The cameos are bad, by the way. We just stopped in the cameos. It's embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself. You're pathetic with the, the fucking cameos. It's not <laughs> a love. Oh, it doesn't. It's just terrible. It's dumb. Stop it. Here's the. The the ending question to our long talk yep. about this man's story career. Is he a good director? Genius or, or idiot? Lucky idiot. <laughs> um, I am going to, I think I'm going to say lucky idiot. I think he, I think he must watch movies, think I'm going to make a film. This is the story I'm going to go with. And then either emulates and I think it is. I think it's, I think he tries to emulate a different style of film every time he makes a film, and sometimes it works, and the majority of the time it doesn't. Knock at the cabin worked because it was vi- like wildly different. 
Six Sense worked. His early ones were working, but everything in between, it's just, it's just so you you can't have that many misses. You can't. He like, has more misses than hits, mm, and he's by, by a large margin. A large margin, but he's consistently continued to work, which is crazy. Which is mental. Is it just because he made so much money off the Six Sense? I think at this point he's so um, in the system, and he knows so you know many what he's people. Like? You know what he is? Well, he's the Nick Cage of directors. He, he's unkillable. He's, he's also the, he's like the Sean Bean. He's unkillable because he's, he's, he's alive. He's in every movie. I guess that doesn't really make because he's all. It doesn't make sense. You're no, an idiot. I'm an idiot. But yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I think he's just a lucky idiot because if you look at him and his films and his everything we've talked about, he should be making those kind of weird. Um, schlock B movies that get dumped on streaming services that are just- if if he was if that was what his thing every movie he released came out on Shudder or fucking yeah. Netflix direct yeah. then I would eventually you would be like well there's another Shyamalan holy shit that was a good one that's cool but it's the other way around it's like oh here's another Shyamalan in the cinema with a three week run Posters splattered Posters, all over buses and buildings. M. Night Sh- from M. Night Shyamalan. Like, like, they still tout his name like it's a fucking good thing. Still t- produced by be. M. Night Shyamalan. You're just like, shouldn't be. Should not be. I'm he's a you. lucky idiot with more bad than good. Yes. And we have proven this by doing this horrendous experiment <laughs> that I, I liked because I got to break down and see... So, like, he loves Philadelphia. Philadelphia appears in all of his movies. <laughs> there are certain bit character actors that appear in all of his movies. James Newton Howard does most of... Like, I, I liked learning these little consistencies that go along. But the overall experience of watching his films was maddening. It was truly maddening. I bet. You've, you may have noticed from this episode, I was just just a font of just like, ah, because it's just, ah. Too much mental shit. Shyamalan. I don't, know, I don't even know what the fix is, my man. I think you just got to... Here's the number one fix. I'm, you know what? You know what, Shyamalan? I'm glad you're having a good time. I'm glad that... I'm not, because we're not. <laughs> I'm glad that you're having fun, but you got to stop. Here's the here's the one, here's the fix, and we'll end, because we love to fix Hollywood. We're really good at it. You'll find out about that in a later episode. Here's the fix that we'll end on. He needs to never write his scripts. <laughs> he needs to not write. He can direct. I love for him to direct. He never should write again. That is it. And that's it from us today the Meandering Movie Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can catch us on our socials at Meandering Pod on... Is that the one? It was kind of what we're doing. All of, all of it said the description. Also in the description. But at Meandering Pod. Tweet us, you fuckers. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Catch you later. And for Phil, music is life. Bye. It's Meandering Movies. It's Meandering Movies. It's Meandering Movies. So won't you lend an ear?